When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert. My name is Travis Bean, and I know last time I said, you know, we finally did it. We did it. We completed another Kanye West album. But this time I mean it. We really did do <laughs> it again. This is the final notes that have come from Kanye, and it's all we've got left. This is all we have. Yeah. Until the next one. If there is a next one, <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. Oh, come on. Jesus is king, too. That's coming. You know it is. It always comes. <laughs> uh, Jesus is king, too. Watch the throne, too. Cruel winter. <laughs> Those Turbo 40 songs with Kendrick. 16. Those 40 songs with who else was it? I don't even remember. Everyone. Drake. Kenny G. <laughs> you know 40 songs between kanye and kenny g would be spectacular <laughs> i mean how much would you listen to that that's a good question have you listened to jesus is born since the day it came out mm, well, <laughs> come on chris don't put me in this position <laughs> yeah i have one song that i favorited from the album and it comes on shuffle randomly sometimes, and I'm always like, what is this? <laughs> Why am I listening to gospel music? It surprises me. If it's not Kanye yelling at me about how it's not Christ-like, then I don't know what gospel music is. All right, let's get back on track. Today is a celebration, right? <laughs> yes, yes it is. We are celebrating Jesus as King. We're celebrating Kanye, but I think probably more important than either of those, we're celebrating us we're celebrating watching the throne because we fucking did it we went all the way through jesus is king <laughs> we explained every single line related it to every single bible verse that connie was thinking about and just like fucking crushed it like this we just spread this album wide open <laughs> yeah yeah we we did explain the album in a way that uh i do think it's satisfying and i do think will help people have a deeper and better appreciation for what Kanye was going for than maybe what they initially thought upon listening to the album. I like to think that there were some uh, <laughs> converts here mm. that went from a bit Saul in how they felt about Jesus mm -hmm. as King to a bit more Paul. I think so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's all thanks to us. All thanks to us and the Bible, I guess. I, maybe I a mean, little so bit, much but of, mostly us. Yeah. You know, our, our first ever interpretation of the Bible and some of these verses, you know? Sure. But I, I'm reading the Bible through Kanye, so, like, I have the ultimate teacher on my side. I kind of feel like I know the Bible front to back now. As somebody that had never read the Bible... Up to this point, it has been an experience going through and now being like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, Second Corinthians. <laughs> like, I feel like I can throw things out there now where people will be like, so you've read it? And I'll be like, yeah, you can say that. I'll be able to throw out this knowledge for at least a couple more weeks before it all leaves me. <laughs> Just evaporates into the ether. <laughs> but we have this episode. We're going to go be... We're going to be going through yeah. the entire album a little bit, but first we're going to cover this final awesome track, Jesus is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every 
every tongue confess Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord Every knee shall bow Every tongue confess Jesus is Lord So, I mean, the lyrics are kind of the least exciting part about this song, I think, <laughs> um, at least conceptually to me. So maybe it's best to start there. Um, we start with every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. And those lines both come from Bible verses, go figure. <laughs> but they're a little... Uh, different points of the bible so the first one comes from isaiah 45 which is old testament right and it has this very epic nature to it it's uh god speaking to his anointed cyrus and somebody telling us this is what the lord said and he says i will go before you and will level the mountains i will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, People may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. You heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created it. So like very powerful <laughs> sentiments about why people would be bowing and tongues confessing. And that finally comes up at the very end of this section. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn. My mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow. By me every tongue will swear. They will say of me, in the Lord alone are deliverance and strength. All who have raged against him will come to him and be put to shame. But all the descendants of Israel will find deliverance in the Lord and will make their boast of him. Which feels, again, very climactic and very, like, all-encompassing and powerful. Like, this dude is so powerful, or this God is so powerful, that every knee's gonna bow and every tongue's gonna swear loyalty. Like, jeez. <laughs> Uh, and then you get the second version of this in the New Testament that comes from Philippians 2, written by our old friend, Paul Polly the Apostle. Polly Shore. Paul. Or wait, no. Right? Paul. I like to picture Paul the Apostle as Polly Shore. <laughs> I mean, if there's anybody in Hollywood that's going to play Paul in a movie, I mean, first is Kanye. Kanye gets first dips in the part, but if he doesn't want it, Polly Shore's second in line. <laughs> Uh, I can just picture his face every time like God speaks to him. He's just like, oh. <laughs> I've never so seen a Polly Shore movie. I've only seen the trailers. <laughs> but that's enough. I think I got that's it. That's enough. Yeah. Um, so Philippians 2, this section is called Imitating Christ's Humility, which I think already jumps out in terms of... Uh, the story that we've been talking about on Jesus is King with Kanye going from a bit more combative and selfish to a bit more spiritual and helping others. And you'll see that come out very much in this section. Uh, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirits, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So right there, you get both the every knee should bow, every tongue acknowledge slash confess that Jesus is Lord. So it's almost straight from uh, Philippians 2, but Philippians 2 has its foundation in Isaiah 45. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting language in all of these verses. I mean, it's a lot to take in all at once, but, but I think like kind of the biggest thing I take away from a lot of this is just how much the Bible is giving yourself over to God and how much Connie's channeling that on this album and as we can see like in his real life. He's talked so long about destroying the ego and letting the ego go. And and he's talked about that in a lot of different uh, formats. And he's framed it in a lot of different ways. Like he's been thinking about his family, been thinking about how he can improve the world. And a lot of that has involved destroying the ego. And here, what I really get from this language is like, God is all powerful to Christians, to people who believe in God and, and giving yourself over to God, like is the ultimate destruction of the ego. Like you, you're putting all of your faith in God, that he will fix everything that, that be, if you worship him on earth and spread the word of God, like you ascend in the heaven and you give yourself over to him and he will protect you. Like that's really what this album's building to. That's really why Connie's channeling this language here. Like he is just ready to give up the ego. Yeah, and he talked about, I think we can see that pathway really starting with Yeezus and the idea of the Yeezus persona, the Yeezus ego that started that album so strongly and ends with Yeezus just being <laughs> referred to as his like dick by Send It Up and him trying to move past that and past that persona to having an actual relationship on Bound 2. And if you look, I mean, that may sound weird in terms of the lyrics on the album, but when you look at the concert, the Yeezus tour, what would happen in that show is Kanye would wear this mask for 90%, uh, what was it, five acts? He would wear it for the first four. And then at the start of the fifth act, this mountain that symbolized fame, success, money, all this stuff would split open. Jesus would walk out jesus would walk out of this mountain and kanye would bow down jesus would like pray for him touch him and then walk away and kanye would finally take off the mask and then he would sing the last couple songs in the album ending with bound two and still have even after bound two finished the refrain or the interlude from on site playing over and over at the end he'll give us what we need it may not be what we want so even there, it seemed Kanye was trying to deal with this tension between ego and Jesus and being saved by Jesus that then gets explored further on Life of Pablo with the tension between fame and faith and how he ends up giving up fame, putting that in quotes, uh, for his family or the celebrity lifestyle for his family and for his faith, having much more of a reconnection with God. And that is, in a way, destroying ego until Ye addresses it way more directly. Uh, he even started talking about it in 2018 with a lot of his tweets on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Uh, it's been coming up a lot. So to see that recur here and to take on uh, more direct religious illusions, it's been a pretty grand journey over these last four albums <laughs> reaching the point where the ego really vanishes and is replaced 
wholeheartedly with this faith. Yeah. And I mean, calling it subtle is ridiculous, but compared to Jesus King Day is a little subtle. Just Kanye's relationship with God throughout all of those albums, even Jesus, you know, which the title alone could be considered blasphemous. But as you laid out, that journey is a lot about like this. It's not the destruction of the ego because Jesus is still Jesus, but like there's a chink in Jesus's armor by the end of that album. And you can sense Kanye starting to realize the kind of man he needs to become if he wants to be a good husband to Kim, wants to eventually be a good father and wants to have a family. And Kitsy Ghost ends with, Lord, shine your light on to be save me, please, leading into Jesus as Lord. Like for so long, he has been talking about God, um, not so overtly like he did in this album. And which is funny that people for so long said like, he wasn't a Christian in here. Now that he is a Christian, he's getting shit for that too. I guess you can't win in 2020. Um, <laughs> but Jesus is king. Like, this is it. Like, this is everything Kanye's been building to. He is, he's at this moment where, and the album totally recognizes it because the first half of the album is all about ego, which I'm sure Chris is going to go through very shortly. Um, like, every single song is detailing this ego Kanye has and how he feels this need to preach the word of God. And he has this desperate desire to change the world. And what we get from Jesus as Lord, the final track is that Connie really needs to stop thinking that way. Spiritual warfare is a good thing. Fight for your family, fight for your freedom, fight for what you believe is right. But in the end, you have to give yourself over to God. It's all about ascension. And it's all about that day you get to bow down at God's feet and just give yourself over to him and let him protect you. You, you can't changed the world the way God can. And he realizes that by the end of the album. And that's really the cool thing is that contrast between every hour and Jesus is Lord. Mm. And just to put kind of a, a finer point on it, when you look at every hour, Kanye's not present in the song at all. It's the chorus saying, sing every hour, every minute, every second, sing each and every millisecond. We need you. We need you, we need you, oh, we need you. And sing till the power of the Lord comes down. That's what everybody's going for. Like, you need the Lord to come down and be part of the world, which I guess could get at, what, rapture stuff, like the second coming of Christ, the Messiah, mm -hmm. like all of that kind of thing. But also just making the, the work of the Lord or the gospel of the Lord present in the world through the actions of people I think is something that as the album progresses, we could see that um, understanding of it emerge. But Kanye on that first part, is it necessarily putting his voice so forcefully behind God? Because there's still that ego. He's more concerned with like, yay, she'll be made free, right? Or mm -hmm. he's wrestling with God on... <laughs> Uh, follow God or uh, closed on Sunday. He's way too concerned about the vipers and what everybody else else is doing on God. He's concerned about paying taxes, like all of these kind of, I guess, petty things, putting petty in quotes, just in the context of what's at stake. Mm -hmm. They don't matter as much as Kanye having that faith and getting rid of his ego to be as part of the community and like adding his voice to the choir. But after that conversion on every uh, everything we need and water and God is, he starts acting in a way that brings the power of the Lord down. And by the end of the album on Jesus is Lord, he adds his voice. He's singing every hour, every minute, every second, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. That is just Kanye's voice alone with these swelling uh, brass instruments behind him mm. is really powerful and important given the context of what every hour set up and given the context and contrast between the ego that's so present on the first part of the album and the willingness to praise and serve that's so present on the second half of the album. It's kind of crazy how much every hour sets up <laughs> because it's just kind of like I feel like a lot of people could look at it as just this throwaway intro track that Kanye's not even on. But it really does set up, A, uh, the production on the album, just how it's it's a traditional gospel song. And then it'll lead right into Salah, which is Kanye's version of gospel. Like, it's it really sets up this dynamic of, like, what gospel is. 
and how Kanye's not present for it. Like he's not in that song. And then throughout the album, we see him like, see how he's going to add his voice to the choir. And then at the same time, it also sets up this idea of resurrection and what it means. Um, specifically referencing uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which we've talked about like fucking a thousand times in this season. It's this idea that uh, there were a lot of people in the city of Corinth a lot ago that did not believe in the resurrection of Jesus. And Paul had to explain like the importance of resurrection and how it, it goes beyond just believing in Jesus was resurrected. Man can be resurrected. And it sets up this idea that Kanye can be baptized and born again and can eventually ascend into heaven, which is like kind of your second life. So both of those dynamics are set up and then culminate on Jesus as Lord, where we do see the music come in. We see him crafting a gospel. And then at the same time, like we see him bowing down before God and like ready to ascend. And like the light of God is literally shining down on Kanye with, with all of this brass that comes in. It's incredible. You gave me some goosebumps there. Ooh, Kanye's giving me goosebumps. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Like There are on every hour, Sela and follow God a number of references. I can't remember if it's also on um, closed on Sunday to revelation yeah. and <laughs> this idea that resurrection, well, not just revelation, but the idea of resurrection and that Christ's like ultimate promise and ultimate trick, not to use like trick negatively, but just like, Oh, he can do that mm-hmm. is resurrection. And that death doesn't mean death that there's something beyond it and this is something that keeps like being promised it's something that jesus promises people tells people about it's something that paul tells people about it comes up a lot and in the first corinth uh i keep calling it first corinth first corinthians 15 you get this specific section that says now if there is no resurrection what will those do who are baptized for the dead if the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day, yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained if the dead are not raised? And right before that, which is actually what I meant to read... <laughs> you get the section, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor Mm. does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed." That's the key thing. Uh, For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. So this idea of change and this idea of going from mortal to immortal gets at uh, the human to the spiritual. But important here is the idea of the last trumpet and the mm-hmm. trumpet signaling something grander that this transition has taken place. Uh, there's a lot of weight and um, meaning put on trumpets in the Bible. And it also refers back to Psalm 150. Praise God, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet, praise him with the harp and lyre, Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that's something that's every hour channeled. Mm. Um, Praising the Lord, that ability to sing for him. 
the idea of let everything that has breath praise the Lord is yeah. so inherent to every hour and actually comes up multiple times across yeah. Jesus is king. <laughs> it's a literal <laughs> so line Kanye, in the psalm. Right? So for Kanye now to end with praising the Lord <laughs> and yeah. saying Jesus is Lord, but not only that, having a tr distinct trumpet in the song, as well as a tuba, trombone, saxophone, French horn, <laughs> all these brass instruments, it captures the energy of Psalm 150, but also captures that energy of the sounding of the trumpet, that last trumpet that signals uh, resurrection, that signals like God coming down, that signals change. Yeah, it's it's a new beginning. That's really what resurrection is. It's you go from this mortal state to this ascended spiritual state. And I think that's what Kanye's realized on the album is that, I mean, yes, eventually he believes he will ascend to heaven and like that kind of spiritual living is different, but you can channel that part of yourself internally. Like the spiritual part of yourself gives you, gives yourself over to God. Like you were, you were just living in God's presence under God's protection and that's how you live. Like that's the state Kanye wants to get to and then eventually does at the end of the album. It's, I mean, this shit, come on people. Who are these people saying Jesus is king is a seven? This is ridiculous. <laughs> or a five or a three or anything uh, under double digits. That's right. Yeah. That's just, I get not thinking that the lyrics are as, superficially interesting or clever as some as like the lines on glory like you know with my ego i could stand there in a speedo and be looked at like a fucking hero like things like that that are just like oh man like what a line that just have that pop factor to mm -hmm. them but there's so much that's set up and paid off subtextual like just artsy mm -hmm. on this album that that quality of writing is still there it's just different aspects that you have to appreciate yeah i love it i, I mean song by song too i mean we're just laying out the really broad narrative that's going on here but i mean song by song line by line there's there's so much packed into it so many bible references so much meaning i mean i'm thinking back to close on sunday and how kanye is saying he draws the line it's written in the sand this idea that he's juxtaposing drawing the line, which is antagonistic and combative, with written in the sand, which is what Jesus did in this moment where he forgave this adulteress. Like the the levels of difference between those two pieces of imagery there, like everything Connie's saying about himself and how he needs to be more like Jesus and more forgiving and more peaceful, like that that's happening every single song. And God, it's just like, I, I understand why people think Kanye's losing his way, but like moments like that make me think that he's only getting better. Yeah, that's one of the most powerful things to me because it's such a line where on the surface, you're just like, okay, it's drew a line in the sand, like great. But when you understand the context and the reference and it's coming after a song called follow god where he talked about not being christ-like right yeah and here he sets up this idea that christ forgave an adulteress and said like you know you who are without sin cast the first stone and everybody walks away and he forgives her but now kanye's ready to fight and condemns a jezebel at the end of the song like yeah. that's so great just because <laughs> it's following him saying that he wasn't being christ-like and yet he's trying to be, but we see the irony and we see the hypocrisy in his day-to-day -day life at that point. It's keeping him from ascending or feeling as committed as he would feel. And that to me is way cooler than just, I don't know, a catchy song or like, oh, those bars are really like great. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, and, and one thing I think you're pointing out that I'm realizing about Kanye is like one of the reasons his albums can have such an arc and so much meat to the narrative is that he's so critical of himself. Like he, he's so willing to look internally and recognize his flaws and expose those flaws and then like 
give life to those flaws. Like he is so willing to double down on them and make them part of his character and expose them that it, it sets up this journey to where he can come out on the other side, a new person, somebody reborn, somebody ready to move on and make changes. And that's what I love about the end of every Kanye album is it sets up like the next step. Like what's next for Kanye? He went from this bad place to this slightly better place, but there's still this tinge of like, I still need to do this. I still need to do that. It's, it's always there happening to every single album. Maybe except this one though, because he seems like he's in a good place. It, it's funny. Like you mentioned looking at last songs and what last call he's on top of the world and fame has come to him. Mm-hmm. He has arrived. And then late registration analyzes the tensions with fame that he's already feeling to the point where the last song gone talks about him already trying yeah. to flee and leave. And then you get graduation, which the last song's big brother where he talks about how he fucked everything up. Like he had the world, but because his ego got overwhelmed, he's now antagonizing people, which then leads to 808s and heartbreak. And then the last song there is talking about how he doesn't feel like a real boy. He's comparing himself to this fictional character, Pinocchio. And then the next album is my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which brings us into a fantasy world. And then you get who will survive in America. And then Jesus deals with, society and america and Jesus trying to change it or save people from the culture that he's found only for that to fail and it ends with him trying to reconnect with a woman and have a relationship only for life of pablo to go into looking at this relationship and tension between fame and faith and dedication and that ends with him saying where is god in my nightlife and then you get this whole religious kick following that like amazing yeah that's interesting i was thinking about last call which we talked about on the last episode was the last time like the final song on a Kanye album felt powerful and like good <laughs> like you felt like Kanye was in a good place um it's interesting that last call did actually end up setting up the tension for late registration and Kanye, you know last call Kanye's it's a celebration he's so happy to be famous to be world renowned to be known and it, it just, I mean, it's almost too obvious that he's going to have a downfall from that, that he's going to realize the pains of celebrity. And that's exactly what late registration and graduation and 808s, I guess the rest of his discography is, is him dealing with how hard it is to be a celebrity. And now here we are, I think, at a, a different stage in Kanye's journey where he has given himself over to God. And it seems like he's going to be on this religious kick for a while. And that's that's now, I think, what we're heading into, you know, with Jesus is Lord being a final song where you feel like Kanye's in such a good place. Like I feel like inevitably what's next is him dealing with being a Christian in today's society and how difficult that's going to be and just how difficult it's going to be to be Kanye West in these changing times. Like we're in a new decade. I feel like that's what we're going to get from Kanye moving forward. I do wonder, I mean, I know Kanye always has, something to say but i do wonder he had been so steeped in fame and had these things like really coming at him that it felt like there was a lot to explore and talk about i wonder if this world is going to be so new that it's actually going to take him more time to have the experiences to build up to like an album where he has something to say about them. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, shit, he should come on the show and talk about that. (laughs) Kanye, (laughs) just two hours. (laughs) I mean, yeah, we can speculate all we want, but I I guess the most intriguing part of all this is like Kanye just never runs out of things to say. Like he never stops caring. And even when you don't agree with Kanye, like God, you just got to admire like, how motivated he is to to do good and to go out and force conversation and i'm really excited i mean again i'm I'm not religious like we've said that a billion times this season but like i'm so so ready for whatever religious kick kanye is about to go on and like all the subjects he's going to explore in this state it's it's going to be awesome yeah i'm i'm down because i 
even if the specific statements don't have as much meaning to me, I still connect with the emotion that Kanye brings to it. Like, I find Jesus is King a very cathartic album overall because I can viscerally or vicariously go on that journey with Kanye from tension to peace. And whatever is bringing about that peace for him, that doesn't matter to me because I still feel it. So even if I'm not as like gung-ho about specific Bible stuff or praising God, in that moment I can be and I can feel that and connect with that passion and what it brings to Kanye. Mm. And that's great to be able to feel. Yeah. I feel like this is like the old man coming out in both of us because I can look at Jesus and the life of Pablo and just kind of be enamored by them and just blown away by the narrative ground they cover, just like all of the different elements of it, the production, like I'm in awe of those albums. But when I think about the albums, like I connect most with, it's kind of his simplest ones with Yay, Kitsy Ghost and Jesus is King, just how minimalist they are and how specific the journey is and how much I relate to it. Like this idea of you wanting to be a better person, but you're stuck in this state and this journey you go on, this mirror journey where you start in one place and end on the other. There's something about it that's so simple yet so profound in a way that I don't, I don't think Kanye's ever really tapped into. And if this is the kind of album we're just going to get from Kanye moving on out, um, I know everyone else will be pissed about that, but I'm excited. If there was just a, a somebody tweeted to us, shout out Michael, on Twitter about a post on our Yandi leaks, which has been a split off of our Kanye, <laughs> which has gotten pretty popular, 21,000, really? I oh, think, God. people. Yeah. Um, and there was a post on there saying that if Kanye released another album that was under 30 minutes that it was probably like the end of his like musical arc or like it was Man. it was a line that he couldn't come back from something to that end which i can understand feeling that way like as dramatic as that also seems to me i do remember back to the first time i found out yay was <laughs> just what like 23 24 minutes uh -huh. and how disappointed in that that I was and same thing when I downloaded Jesus is King and was like 27 minutes like that can't like it didn't fully download like it has to be <laughs> longer there was still that disappointment I guess uh logically or at least like yeah viscerally initially yeah but at the same time these albums have become as you said from that mirrored structure some of my favorite to where you just really get in and out quickly. You get hit with this emotion, can experience it much more uh, cohesively than an album that's like an hour or 22 tracks mm -hmm. or 15 tracks that really is taking you on a longer journey where by the time you end it, you're so far away from the beginning that you can kind of zone out at times or not have the same... Uh, continuity or sense of continuity with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, I can understand people feeling that way because I guess just because I am an empathetic person and like I understand people feel that way. <laughs> but And I know you <laughs> want more from your favorite artists, but I just, I, I'm not in that state at all. Like I couldn't be more far removed from that line of thinking and and maybe it just speaks to the way I like my art generally. Like I, I often think that movies are way too superfluous these days and like too much packed in there, trying to do too much, like not focusing on the important humane bits where, you know, like that speak to universal truths. Um, I, I love a tight, efficient movie in the way I like it, a tight, efficient album. And 
that's really the direction Kanye's gone. Like, I, I love that about him. I love that he can say so much in so little time. I mean, is Jesus is King saying any less than like the life of Papo did? Like maybe technically because there are more songs and it's a longer running time and like he can go to more places. But when we boil it down to like what the album is saying about Kanye and what he's revealed about himself and where he's taking his own internal narrative personally, like what he's shown us, like I don't think there's a ton of difference and I guess I don't need like more bars and more lines and more production to feel that sense of catharsis and to feel good about the end of a Kanye album that I, that I've understood Kanye better. Like I, I, I'm getting it so much from what he's giving us lately. I just like the irony of us talking about uh, efficient (laughs) movies and efficient like albums with our podcast being like the most inefficient podcast in in the world. But Hey, you know, well, that's our we slogan, that, the most uh, inefficient Kanye podcast in Kanye podcast history. <laughs> we get that Ephesians energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with that part though. I don't, I don't mind that so much. We can be inefficient. <laughs> no. We can, we can. It's just others. It's just others mm-hmm. who can't. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there's something about this, this period of Kanye that, and I do think there's that interesting tension too of those early albums were more performances or more mm-hmm. entertainment. It's something that you looked at Kanye and he really did feel more super heroic. Even if you connected with his humanity that was so present on We Don't Care and Spaceship and All Falls Down, these very relatable human songs, there was still this... I guess, sheen of mythology or myth or the heroic figure on those albums that made them a bit more glossy, a bit Mm -hmm. more entertainment, a bit more of the celebrity that we like to admire and aspire to, where I think after Yeezus getting into Life of Pablo and then way more on Yay, Kids See Ghost, and now Jesus is King it's become so much more humanized even the production or engineering people point out like it's more flawed like it doesn't sound as good as before i don't think that that's not on purpose he wants it to be less of that polish less of that uh product aspect Mm -hmm. to it and have it be more human more raw more this is just me in these moments with still having the artistic depth and the storytelling depth because it's still Kanye as an artist working, but it does feel more like personal artwork than entertainment that has personality and personal aspects put into it. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's no less artistic depth here. Like we just spent an entire season and spent an hour on every single song dissecting it. Like there's, there's a ton to dissect what's changed was who Kanye's made music for. Like Kanye totally made music in the beginning to become famous. And I think he, he, I mean, he did it for himself, of course. Like there were things he was exploring about himself, but I think he's been pretty open about the fact that for a long time he made music for reasons that uh, weren't as special to him. Even My Beautiful Dark Trips and Fantasy, he admits was a backhanded apology. Like he made it because he wanted people to love him again after the Taylor Swift incident. It probably wasn't until Jesus that Kanye truly made something for himself. And from there on out, like has continued to do that. Like everything he makes is so reflective of him. And and I love that. Like that's why I don't really mind that it doesn't have the musical prowess of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like I understand it doesn't technically, but that's not really why I love Kanye like I love listening to a Kanye album because he's exposing himself and I'm learning so much about him and I and I find him interesting and I find him inspirational and if this is what keeps that going like I love that yeah and you know each time you're getting a different experience and a different facet of the artist no two projects are the same it's crazy like the two most similar projects are probably college dropout late registration and that's honestly uh blasphemous to say because they're not like they only like only on like the surface do they kind of sound the same like 
man, every album is different. It's crazy. Yep. The focus is different. I, uh, I'm so excited. And I guess it does get in looking forward a random thought, but if each album is about that chapter in Kanye's life, and we kind of know at this point that Kanye's starting to swing for bigger and bigger things, uh, just reading the Wall Street Journal article and the GQ article, like Kanye has these like grand ambitions. I do wonder if uh, the next album could go more maximal again. I would like that, mm. but or minimal or all. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Speaking of looking forward, do we want to do that? Yeah. So this concludes at this point our main discography song by song analysis of Kanye. What Watching the Throne has been for the last five years, almost oh what that long? 2016, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, July will be five years. I think I'm getting so, sick of you, Chris. Ah, oh, don't say that. No, it's not true. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um. But that doesn't mean that the show is ending. Not by Twist. any means. No, 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 no. Not. So moving forward, okay, I, I guess I can lay it out this way. And I don't know if anyone's interested in this. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain. But Chris and I prep for each of these song episodes a lot. <laughs> like we look at the songs ourselves, take our own notes, then we get together and discuss and plan out these episodes. And then we record them and then we edit them like it's a lot of work and we really don't mind the work at all. Like we love doing this kind of lyrical dissection, but now that we are through all of the songs on Kanye's solo projects, I know we haven't done watch the throne Jordan, shut the fuck up. I, we have gotten to this point where like we're at a bit of a crossroads and we were wondering where we wanted to take the show. And we think maybe moving forward that while we will definitely be visiting future Kanye albums and whatever he puts out, um, we want to keep the show going and we want to do something that's a little bit uh, more manageable for our schedules and for our, our lives because we are we're writers, you know, we do a lot. Um, so we've decided to not spend every episode dissecting single songs, but instead just kind of take a broader look at Kanye. And we're going to keep putting out seasons and episodes and everything, but we're going to be more taking a thematic look at Kanye and each episode will have like a theme and idea and we will dissect just like different parts of Kanye. I, like, I don't have a good example right now because I can't think of anything. <laughs> well, I think one of the, the benefits of what we've done over the last five years is that inherent to analyzing all of the songs, you learn a lot, mm -hmm. not just about the albums, but about background on albums. You have a lot of thoughts about those albums and songs and, whether it's the track listing, the opening songs, the ending songs, production aspects, uh, motifs that repeat over the course of albums. There's just a lot that you pick up or background on Kanye on those songs that doesn't always make it into every episode. And I think that's one of the things with Travis talking about the schedule being more manageable. There's so much that we could talk about with Kanye that we haven't gotten to talk about to yeah. this point that we're looking forward to exploring those topics, whether it's opinions on the opening tracks of each album or looking at our favorite samples from Kanye or, uh, aspects of Kanye's lyricism that we don't get to talk about because it wasn't to specific songs but looking at something that's happened over the course of multiple albums or multiple songs and different albums, uh, even going to aspects about Kanye collaborators or guest verses. There's all this content to discuss that we have information and opinions on that we would like to share with you. And I'm sure you have questions for us that, and topics for us that you would like to hear us talk about that we would like to talk about. So we're definitely looking at making it more interactive as well with taking recommendations from you all about things that you want to hear us uh, speak on. Yeah. And we don't know what forum that I exactly come in yet because we're still kind of deciding how we want the, the show to look moving forward. But if you keep up with us on Twitter, uh, we will keep everyone updated as much as we can. And I'm guessing a new season probably isn't that far away we'll, we'll do it within the year right 
Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Like, uh, again, I love going through line by line through these songs, but I have a feeling this is going to be a little bit better for my mental health. <laughs> yeah, just less of that. I mean, when Travis talked about like the prep that we were doing for the shows, like the prep could take two to three hours um, for just us figuring out like the lines and going yeah. through, not even talking about like the solo prep that's going on or just thinking about the song leading up to the episode or in the aftermath, like eh, it was draining. Yeah. But, uh, here we are. We're on a new road. <laughs> right. We've been blinded by Kanye and now, uh, taking us in and now we'll see in whole new ways. Yeah. And still hold this promise. Like the day Kanye comes on the show, that's when the show will end. I mean, <laughs> well, maybe we'll see. We'll consider ending it. How about that? Right. It would be poetic just for that to be the last episode. We should do that. That we'll have the interview with Kanye, and we're like, "Yeah, Kanye." Like we said when we got an interview through, we'd end the show, but we don't want to end the show yet, so we like hold on to the interview for years. And he's like, "Guys, are you going to post it?" <laughs> it's like the ultimate power move. Right. It'll be probably how Mike Dean felt with me writing the piece on Forbes. Just, are you going to post it? When is this going to be finished and live? Uh, shout out to Aunt Clemens too. It's almost done. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Poor Aunt. Yeah. Uh, uh, hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. It, the ultimate tension would be we interview Kanye and then he releases a new album. And we're like... Watching, watching the throne. Welcome to the new podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess for now, that's kind of it. Yeah. Uh, stay wavy. Keep it loopy. And, and <laughs> remain holy. Maybe I'll cut it out at some point during that. E. E. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol for the So get your ass up off the wall. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.